this edition of Breakfast Time with Waffle and Richard. Glad to have you here after a week off. It was a busy week, but it was a fun week. Lots of milestones. We'll get into that. But Waffle, how you doing, man? I am doing good. I am very, very good. I'm enjoying sports that are happening right now, and things are good. Yeah, yeah. Things, things, things are real good. Um, before we talk into sports, Waffle, I just want to talk about this. I was cleaning up my room, and I found – Lots of stuff, a Wii, which is awesome. Found some games, which work in progress. But I found, and I wish I had it with me. I left in my room, but found a ticket from Warp Tour. Oh, I think wow. you know, we were in high school, I think, yeah. the first time we went. And I just started thinking about Warp Tour on my drive home the other day from somewhere. And all I can think about was, man, we really stood out there at 10 a.m. Yes. In 90 degree weather, in a parking lot to see Chelsea grin. To start yeah. off the day, like <laughs> I think it was the it was the summer after we graduated high school. Yes, yeah. was, was the first time we went. Yeah, and yes, we drove to Charlotte and stood out there for God knows how long, so long, <laughs> and finally got in just to get a mad dash to find a schedule of who's playing when yeah. and where. Yeah. And then we made it. We were like front row or second row for Chelsea Grin at 11 in the morning. And let me tell you, that's a heck of a way to wake up. <laughs> well, you weren't awake then. Better. You were definitely awake after four seconds of them playing. But yeah. <laughs> um, what an exhausting day. And then we, you know, had a great time. And what we went to stopped in Gastonia at five guys. Yeah. And, we tried to find the cookout and couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't find the cookout, settled for five guys. I guess it's not necessarily a bad thing. We I guess so, yeah. five guys, but <laughs> gorged ourselves, went home, ended the day pretty happy, albeit very tired. Yeah. I can't remember. Was, was, it had to be the next one because we went twice. We went two yeah. years in a row. Yeah. And one year I sprained my ankle. Oh, three, yeah. three days before oh, we went. Yeah. And I think that I think that was the second year. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I can't remember, but it yeah. and that, that sucks. And I was like, how are you walking? You're like, I don't know, man. Yeah, that sucked. But uh, I was also thinking about how like one, I understand why I stopped it, because there's no way that's financially feasible. I, we paid thirty six dollars for to see sixty bands. There's no way that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, <laughs> God, there's so many people, there's so many bands there. Yeah. And then also I could not – my body could not do that right now. It barely did in high school. I could not go out there and stand out there for eight hours. In no, the, no. Watching festival, all those bands. Festival life ain't for me. I can no. I, I can hardly do a regular show anymore, but, like, good grief. A festival? No, sir. I've seen the meme where it's like when you're in your late – when you're in your late 20s, early 30s, and the headliner finally comes on and it shows someone just panting in the corner like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's me. That's yep. me at every concert now. <laughs> yep. That would be me at Warp Tour constantly. Yeah, that was just a random memory I thought of, and I was like, yeah. God, what a crazy festival. What a crazy Good time. Times. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Um, Man, so we'll roll on into sports. And, of course, as everybody knows, NBA playoffs are rolling. And when we left, I believe, was the night we were watching – I was watching the Timberwolves and Grizzlies, the game where John Morant hits the game winner to end it uh, and yep. then had the dunk over Malik Beasley. I think we saw me react to that live on here. Mm-hmm. Yep. watched yep. it. And so that game was insane. And – then the Grizzlies end up ending that series and taking home the win. 
And I believe in three of the four wins, the Grizzlies came from behind by like more than 20 points to win yeah. that entire series, which is just insane. Yeah. Um, but man, uh, what an insane series for the Grizzlies to close it out. I guess the team that gave them struggle all year long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That series was it was highly contested and annoying. I mean, God bless. I cannot stand Carl Anthony Towns, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. He's still, he's still a good player, but God, he gets him on earth. Yeah. Um, but uh, Memphis showed a lot of heart. I mean, that game where they Minnesota blew two 20-point leads, we talked about it already, but, like, <clears throat> that game was unbelievable. And Memphis is showing you how – how gritty they are, and they tr- they truly never gave up. And like you know, that they, they won this series four to two, but did they ever, you know, did they play to their full potential? No, no. I, I don't think they did because they they had they came from behind all the time. And not knocking Minnesota, very good team, just young, very young, and tons of talent. They're just not too smart right now. Which yeah. Charles Barkley said that on on uh, inside the NBA, which I thought was a great a great way to put it. Um, but then Memphis comes out now facing Golden State, a team that's been here before. And boy, this series has been fun. Uh, let's just mm-hmm. say that. Let's just say that it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, just the drama. I feel like I saw somebody say, "Say whoever wrote this series was knew what they were doing because yeah. it's been fun." Uh, currently, let's go back. First game, banger, one seventeen, one sixteen in Memphis. John mm-hmm. Morant gets a look at the buzzer but can't get it to go in. Um, an incredible game. Steph Curry hit a clutch shot at the end to to yep. uh, close it out. Jordan Poole had 31 points in that game as well. That was the also the game where Draymond Green got ejected for. Yep. I'll say I don't think he deserved to be ejected for that. No, it's the, not a. It, I'm sure, goal. it's a flagrant one, but it's not a flagrant two. No. It looks like not he was to say Brandon Clark in his head or yeah. say my bad. So I don't know yeah, I don't, where the flagrant two came for on that one because Yeah, I don't I I'll I'll never get that. And a lot of it honestly it has to do with his reputation as yeah. as terrible as that is. Like I mean the reputation that you know he has over this past over his career in the NBA like him uh, another one that comes to mind would be like Demarcus Cousins. Like they're yeah. they're going to get those calls. Yeah. I mean Patrick Beverly, more, who you saw, yeah, more often yeah. than not. So you know, and that's a, a victim of circumstance, but that that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, um, that was a heck of a game. That's Clay Thompson hit that for three at the end to mm-hmm. give the Warriors the win of thirty seconds left. And then of course John Moran gets a good look, but could not make the winning shot. Still at thirty four points. On 14 to 31 shooting. Um yeah. just shot 40% from three in that game, which is mm-hmm. insane. Um, so heck of a game. Next game in Memphis, uh Grizzlies take the win 106-101. John Morant drops 47 points. Yeah, he put the team on his back. That is for sure. Went out there. It was also a four shooting night for the Warriors, just 18% from the three-point arc. Curry at 27 points. That's their leading scorer. So Yep. It's not a great night. Still, we're in it, though, because there's talent level Yeah, that team has. And, again, that's without Draymond Green because he was suspended for this game. Um, this was a fun game to watch if you're a John Morant uh, fan. He also, again, got hit and punched in the eye on accident on a rebound. It's been a, this has been a physical mm-hmm. series, too. And um, well, Draymond Green played this game. He he, he did oh, play. Yeah. He, played, he played 32 minutes in this game. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, but – this is the game where Dylan Brooks, <clears throat> Dylan Brooks from Memphis, got 
ejected on a flagrant two, which is is deserved. Um, yeah. I, I I mean, I don't think it was anything malicious, but Dylan Brooks, I mean, obviously the contact to the head um, is enough to get him the flagrant two. And it also, it just, victim of circumstance, I hate it for Gary Payton, but he, you know, after the club to the head, Gary Payton came down, got hurt. Now he's out for, you know, probably, I guess, the, the remainder of the playoffs, which sucks. Yeah. I hate that, but yeah. um, not having Dylan in there. John, I mean, John put the team on his back. Tillman uh, had seven. Jaron Jackson Jr. had less points than he took, than shots taken, which is never great. Yeah. Um, and Desmond Bain battling some back trouble only had five. But John Morant with 47 was enough, um, especially when the Warriors, Clay Thompson shot very poorly, had – uh, five and 19 from the floor. Um, and Draymond Green didn't contribute a whole lot of points as well. And they didn't get too much out of their bench either. So, um, John Morant did enough. And that was the story of game two. Yeah, for sure. Um, game three, it moves back to San Francisco, or moves to San Francisco the first time. And the Warriors just could not miss. Yeah. Uh, 142 to 112 was the final. Um, by the way, this is also the game where Jordan Poole gets fouls on John Morant. John Morant had to leave, of course, with an injury, which is now more yeah. serious than he thought. This is also a game as well where Kyle Anderson got ejected. Draymond Green uh, got into the refs at one point. So, it was just a wild game, physical game. But, yeah. I mean, Golden State shot 62.4% from the field mm-hmm. in this game. And 53% from three. I don't care who you are. There's no chance of beating them. The Grizzlies still shot 43% from the field. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were struggling. It was right. the game. But this, it was just those classic Warriors Flash Brothers games where nobody mm-hmm. can miss. I mean, when Curry has 30, Thompson at 21, um, Poole had 27 off the bench, Kuminga had 18. That's mm-hmm. how you know. It's going to be a struggle when he's going. Um, Wiggins at yeah. 17. Uh, just – and even Draymond Green only had five points, still had eight assists and five rebounds. So, this is just a tough game. The kind of game you got to play out your head. And, of course, unfortunately, with John Moran getting hurt, that rolls into the next game. Yeah, for sure. Um, John Moran <clears throat> still had a very good game. He dropped 34, uh, did get hurt at the end. Obviously, the biggest storyline coming out of this game was – uh, you know, the stuff after the game, Taylor Jenkins calling out kind of Jordan Poole, um, calling out the Warriors for the you know, the, for that being a dirty play. Mm-hmm. John Morant putting the whole broke the code thing, like Draymond was talking about after game one, which there's there, there's hypocritical statements on both sides. Oh, yeah. Um, but just you know, Draymond comes out after game one, uh, or excuse me, game two when Dylan Brooks, you know, uh, clubbed Gary Payton to second. Uh, and just he he said you know that there's a code, you you broke the code, and you know coming from somebody like Draymond, like come on, bro, shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you literally just got a flagrant two, and it got ejected. Like you, the last person that needs to be saying that is you. Yeah. If somebody like Steph Curry would have said it, I'd have been like, yeah, you know what he's right. Yeah. But uh, but at the end of the day, I mean Draymond's right. There is a code. There's certain stuff that you feel you know you shouldn't do. But then John Morant fires back. With Jordan, accusing Jordan Poole of breaking the code, and I don't, I really don't see anything there. I just yeah. think that you know, it's it was, it wasn't necessarily a play on the ball, but I just don't, I don't think there's any malicious intent there. No, no matter what, you know, everybody, everybody wants to take a side and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, 
John, th- there were plenty of other moments, including one where he flew into Clay Thompson with his right knee, where yeah. John Morant could have, you know, gotten hurt and gotten the well, and they, they've officially ruled it as a bone bruise. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. So, you know, obviously it doesn't mean that he's going to be playing, but it's not a torn ligament or anything, which is good. But yeah. Anyway, so that was the biggest story out of game three, other than the Warriors shooting the freaking lights out in uh, at the Chase Center. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was wild. Uh, we're, and then, of course, you go from that to, first of all, before the last game that happened, uh, John Morant and George Bull did shake hands before the game. So, hopefully, yeah. they're all good there. Yeah. Um, but this game, before it even starts, no Steve Kerr. He's in COVID protocols. Yeah, what? what? Yeah, which is wild. wild. This late in 2022 – when I know, you know he is I, back and he said it, which yeah, I, I, I posted on Facebook that I couldn't believe he was missing a game due to COVID because I thought that wasn't a real thing anymore, which is obviously <laughs> a joke. I'm not an idiot, yeah. but um, still, like, the, it, it is kind of wild now that you know, still got people like it, it's though. still happening because it, it really hasn't either they just stopped talking about it or it's just not happening as excuse me, well, uh, as, as much <laughs> anymore. So, um, I think a lot of people are vaccinated at least now so i guess that's why it's not talked about as much but that that notification came across my phone and i was like "Uh uh-huh what yeah yeah Yeah, Um, so know him and who's who's the coach mike brown yeah mike brown former head coach of the kings um and also he coached the title run five years ago when steve kerr had to leave because of uh sickness when he had cancer i believe um uh, this game Back and forth, uh, no John Morant, but didn't matter for the Grizzlies. They looked pretty good. Tyus Jones at 19. Jared Jackson had 21, but still only 7 of 21 shooting an 0 for 7 from deep. Uh, this game was ugly, by the way, though. Nobody could shoot. It was a classic grit and grind game. And back in the day when the Grizzlies were, like, good, would get to the playoffs, but wouldn't be, like, a team you think would make a run, and everybody was forced to watch the grit and grind teams, it was hilarious because people were like, oh, God, this is – what? Right. Um and now that brought me back to those days of people going, oh, my God, this is a real basketball game happening in the year of the Lord 2022. And it's like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I was waiting for Zach Randolph and Tony Allen to appear. Yeah. For this one. Tony Allen to come out slapping the floor first team all defense and Zach Randolph to do some stupid fadeaway move that has no business being as good as it is. And it's yeah, going yeah, goes in and Rudy Gay, primetime Rudy Gay coming in. Yeah. Making the two yeah. threes a game that the Grizzlies make back in that time. And, and Mike Conley driving the middle of the lane and being a left-handed player shooting a floater with his right hand that looks absolutely natural, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, um, this game was back and forth. Grizzlies got a lead, and um, but then Steph Curry down the stretch, eight free throws in four, the last 45 seconds, had 32 points and uh, had eight assists as well. Uh, Curry took over, and, you know, you've kind of been waiting for him to do that. He really hasn't done a whole lot of that in the playoffs, I feel like, where it's just Curry time takes over. It's kind of been like Jordan Poole's doing his thing, Clay Thompson's doing his thing. It's kind of a team effort. Mm-hmm. This was the one I feel like they felt like without their coach, it's kind of like someone's got to take over. And Steph Curry, who's one of the best in the league, did that, took over, and was able to pull what pull them in, come, come back, and get the win on this one. And as we talked about, Dylan Brooks making one of the dumbest decisions yeah. of all time. We're taking a three up by two, less than a minute left. No clue. He, he, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, Dylan Brooks is like 
it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. Like somebody put it. I think it was Molly Morrison, you, you know, from from Twitter. She runs the Made in Memphis account, uh, which obviously, if you're a Grizzly fan, I think you know about that. But if you don't, you should follow it. I, I think it's a good account anyway. If you're just a basketball fan, but yeah, she she put out something like a yelling no when Dylan shoots a three, and then it goes in. It's just the Dylan Brooks experience, and I thought that was perfect. Yeah, um, it reminds it me. Of, it reminds me a lot of that Clemson Milton Jennings. Oh yeah, my name. Yeah, that man will either have like, all right, it's the greatest game ever, or it's like it's Milton Jennings time, quoted by Milton Jennings, and he'd have yeah. like two points. And so, yeah, and I feel like Dylan Brooks wants to take over sometimes, and he probably should be the guy taking over if you in a realistic world. But it's like I don't know if you're that guy right now that needs to take over with Jai out. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I know. feel like you know you got Jaron, you got Tyus. He just needs to. He just needs to put more freaking shots in next game. Exactly. That's yeah. all he needs to do. He just exactly. he doesn't need to go five and nineteen. He needs yeah. to go eight of eight of fourteen. Exactly. Please. Exactly. So, so yeah, Grizzlies are on the end, down three one. I mean, you can make the three one jokes about the Warriors. We get that, but I mean, this is like still a very good Warriors team, and without John Morant, again, Grizzlies are fine without John Morant. They had a great record about them in the regular season. Yep. This is a different kind of animal, however, as you know, it's playoffs, yeah. Warriors. Uh, right. I'd love to see them, you know, force this out to a game seven. It would be great, but it's going to be a tough one for sure. Yes, it's going to be tough. If somehow, by the grace of God, they force a game seven, boy, FedEx form is going to be unreal, that atmosphere. Um, I just – I don't know. I, I really don't think it's going to happen. I hope so. Yeah, that, I hope good. that they can at least come back to Memphis and take another game. Yeah, the good news is the next game is in Memphis, so yep. get that advantage for you. Yep. Um, the only other game, the only game you lost there was by a buzzer beat by last-second shot by Clay Thompson. So yeah, uh, and yeah. Steve, Stephen Adams is back, uh, which is nice. He pulled down 15 rebounds uh, in this last game, and and Memphis was right there. Memphis was uh, was one or two bad shots away from you know w- winning this game. This was a very winnable game. So I mean. I have the utmost confidence that the Grizzlies without John Morant can beat the Warriors three times in a row, but obviously it's going to be very hard. And this is the playoffs. It's not just some run of the mill game. Right. We'll see. All right. So that'll conclude Grizzlies talk. Let's go to the other playoff games. Uh, We'll start off with games that just, again, that's just tipped off game five, Uh, the heat and the 76ers right now in the first, the heat are up 18 to 10. On that one early down in Miami. Uh, this one started off looking like it was going to be a route. Uh, the Heat rolled 106-92 in game one and then won 119-103 in game two. So you're thinking, okay, this is probably going to be it. And the Heat are going to roll. But then uh, game three, Joel and Bede's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, man, that – the 70, he's all the difference. 76ers roll – 99 to 79. They hold Jimmy Butler had 33 points, but yeah. he was the only star in double digits. The only other player in double digits was Tyler Hero had 14. Yeah. Um, what about freaking James Harden? Yeah. back the clock just a little bit. I still think James Harden is obviously still could be really, really good. Yeah. Uh, but going six of 10 from deep for James Harden was massive. And he hit some big ones down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. It was good, it was good to see him do that. He, Maybe that's the catalyst that'll get him kind of back in his groove because, I mean, if he plays to his utmost potential with Joel Embiid, like, I mean, that that elevates the 76ers to, you know, probably the best team in the East. I mean, 
Oh, honestly, uh, as far as if they play as dominant, like I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'll stand by that statement that you know, if James Harden throws back the clock five years, that they're going to be freaking nasty, and I don't know if anybody's going to beat them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was the one at sixteen, one hundred eight win. So taking both games and both home home teams have won both these games or both their games so far, and right now Miami's up by eleven early in this one. Down in Miami. Uh, Jimmy Butler, though, has gone off this series. He's I freaking love Jimmy Butler. Uh, 40 points in that loss. Um, 12, 13 from free throw line, 13 and 20 from the field. But, man, you know. someone else has got to step up for the heat because, like I said, if Harden and, and Bede can finally get that going with the way Tyrese Maxey's been playing, right? Uh, that's a freehead monster. And, you know, either Bam's got to step up, Hero's got to turn back mm-hmm. the clock to that uh, bubble magic he had. Yeah. Or somebody's got to step up for the heat to it kind of pull away and end the series if they can. Mm-hmm. Which it looks like. Let's go to the box score tonight. I mean, so far, Jimmy Butler's got nine points. Now, Struss does have eight. Yeah. Starting off early. So, uh, if he can keep that up, two for four from deep. So, if he can keep that up, be the kind of the second guy for Jimmy, then yeah, there is a chance for them. Speaking of Joel Embiid, I'm talking NBA uh, MVP award. It went to uh, Jokic for the second straight season. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting, kind of in the bias. Some people say Jokic should have got it. Some people say Embiid. There are some, of course, you can say for Devin Booker, also up there in that conversation. But, um, Waf, do you think they got it right with uh, Jokic winning the award? Uh, yes. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> it's a tough one because I feel like he does deserve it because he's played so well. But, and be, if you look at most valuable with that phrase, without Joel Embiid, I don't know how far the Sixers are going. Because you saw it in the first two games of the series against Miami. Like, mm-hmm. without him, they struggled. They couldn't get anything going. James Harden, you know, couldn't get anything going. Yeah. And plus, Joel Embiid can, is a guy to kind of do all around. He can step back and shoot threes. He can guard some guards. Plus, he's been doing this all while just absolutely banged up. Yeah. And – you know, again, you don't take playoffs into account. I get it. it's regular season award, but it's still did that in the regular season with all dealing with all the Ben Simmons drama. And right. of uh, whether or not he's going to play, what's going to happen with him. Yeah. And having to do with James Harden drama because James Harden kind of brings out when he comes in at times. Right. And I think, um, I think there's a case for Joel Embiid, but I think Jokic did play just a little point, a little bit better. But I think if you look at the definition of most valuable, I think Joel beats that definition for sure. I I would argue I would argue the same argument, but for for Jokic, that's true. That's true. Just you know, I mean, take Jokic off of Denver, and uh, and with Jamal Murray hurt, are they a playoff team? That's true. They barely got so. in. This, they barely got in, and didn't do much against the Warriors. Um, and Jokic is so special. I'm looking at stat comparisons. Got all their stats side by side. Um, and for one, I'm I'm perplexed. I need to see a little bit more in depth stats. But like on the season, now I don't know if this is through the playoffs or not. Yes, um, I'm not sure. I, I would imagine not. Let's just say it's not. Uh, points total points. Joel Embiid uh, finished. Let's say the regular season with two thousand. 79 points, so 2,079 points. And uh, Jokic finished right above 2,000, 2,004 um, points. But Joel Embiid, 
attempted 803 free throws mm-hmm. and made 654 of them. Jokic only made 379 free throws. So that's on almost 300-point difference right there. That where, where does Jokic make up that difference? Yeah. He's made he's made more. I'm I'm guessing he's just he's made more three pointers. I, I assume, and I well, he he's he's made more baskets overall, but it's not that big of a margin. It's a it's a margin yeah. of ninety eight. So, um, I don't know why that's blowing my mind. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but Jokic does so. You look at the assists. I mean, Jokic has over a thousand rebounds, um, over two thousand points. He has. 584 assists to 280 turnovers. I mean, that's almost a two-to-one. Uh, that is a two-to-one um, assist-to-turnover ratio, which is very good. Um, yeah, I mean, Jokic just does it all. He's a he's a massive – he's a seven-foot point guard. Yeah. Um, and he can lead you – both players are great, but I, I still would argue Jokic. I mean, I don't know. That's tough. Yeah. And going with your stat line, too, if you look at the team leaders for the Nuggets in the regular season, every single stat, Nikola Jokic leads them in. Uh, Points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Um, He really is all around, so I get that as well. I think, you know, Devin Booker kind of got brought up, but it's also like they had Chris Paul, too, and we talked about the Suns are kind of like that well-oiled, anyone can really give it to you um, machine. Uh Uh-huh. Um. Oh, what else am I gonna say? Oh, all right. So here's here's my take on Embiid. Um, and I don't really know how this is gonna go over. I mean, we have a couple friends who are big 76er fans, but right. Um, I don't like Joel Embiid, and I I, <laughs> I I really don't like saying that. I I I do like him, but. Please explain to me that there's just a feeling inside of me where I watched that Kawhi Leonard shot <laughs> that that broke the Sixers heart. Yeah. And I just like it, it makes me feel good. <laughs> it makes me feel good. Like I'm glad that happened to them. And I don't I, I can't explain why I feel that way. And I feel like it's just because like Joel Embiid is a cool person and he's a jokester. And I just feel like he doesn't take it serious, but he does. And then he he cries after that shot goes in, and he cries like a baby, which fine. He he's passionate, but at the same time, like I just feel like he's gonna go down as a Hall of Fame player that's gonna have absolutely nothing to show for it. Yeah. As far as like a ring, I feel I, I just have this feeling that that, that they're never, he's never going to get one. And part of me wants that. I don't know. It's just odd. I don't know. That's just my take on Embiid. I think he's a great player, and I think he'll eventually come away with like an MVP. Um, but he's he's coming through a time where there's a guy like Jokic. There's obviously uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo in the same conference. Um, you got rising stars like John, you know, people like Devin Booker and all them, but anyway, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. That that's kind of my Joel Embiid take. <laughs> no, no, I can see that. I can see that for sure. I can see him being like a Charles Barkley in Philadelphia and just yeah. talks a lot and just 
couldn't win a ring. So yeah, a heck of a player, and you know, tried. I feel like you know Joel Embiid could have that career staying. You know, uh, well he well uh, Barkley was the Sixer, yeah. um, and then he was what a son, and he ended up in he ended up in Houston too. He ended up in Houston chasing rings, and they and they couldn't win one. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't know. So yeah, it's interesting to see how that career plays out. But yeah, I can get the frustration for sure uh, from both sides. Yeah, uh, that one. Uh, moving on, next game. Speaking of uh, the Suns, we talked about Suns and Mavs are uh, playing game five tonight. That one's tied at two apiece as well. Um, there's no. Uh, I believe it's Devin Booker. No, Devin Booker's back. He's yeah, yeah, he's back. So he'll be back for this one, which is uh, big for the Suns. Um, looking yeah. at the series, it's been like the uh, Heat and the Sixers. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. the Suns won the first two back in Phoenix, and the Mavs yeah. won the last two in Dallas. So yeah. none of these have really been close. 121-114 was the first game score. So that was the closest game. Last game, 111-101. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the Suns got called for a ton of fouls, too. Um, mm-hmm. and Chris Paul had a weird, weird, uh, <laughs> foul. Um, again, I'm, I'm all with for all the Chris Paul slanders, so I'm fine with it. Um, I, I love Chris Paul, <laughs> I'm a big <laughs> um, Chris Paul guy, yeah. Um, but no, he gets uh, he fouls out early. Um, you know, kind of Luca showed him that hey, I can draw fouls too, but um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has uh, been kind of a back-and-forth series. It's been also kind of a physical one as well. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see, again, we talked about Dallas in the Jazz series without Luka. You know, those games were kind of close. And then when he came back, they won by 20 back-to-back yeah. games in the series. So, this, yeah. uh, this is a completely different team when Luka's on the floor. Sorry. Yes, I agree. Um, a lot of people have been saying that it really doesn't matter how good the Warriors Grizzlies series is. It's just because they're going to go on and play the Suns and they're going to lose. But I mean, Dallas, Dallas has played very well, and I, I like, I love, I don't like him. I love Luka Doncic. I, Doncic is unreal, um, and such a good player, and he makes the a world of a difference. But we'll see with with Devin Booker being back and them back in back in Phoenix. Um, it should be a really good game tonight. But ten o'clock Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. thanks. Yeah. No, no fun. Those, those are not fun. That's why I'm like, ah, oh, great Grizzlies. It's like, oh, y'all uh, got the San Francisco. Know, my God. I'll see you at halftime and then I'll be nodding off. How, how do we trade like the Hornets to the West and make them play all the late games and move the Grizzlies to the East? How does that? I am 100% in favor of that. <laughs> Hornets um, just move to Seattle and you're good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just got to, is. Is is Memphis really is Memphis the the easternmost West team? Ha, yes, they have to be. Yeah, um, is them Minnesota? Or- who is the westernmost Eastern team? We just need to swap. Like maybe is Chicago? No, no, Chicago is more east than Memphis. Maybe uh, no, Milwaukee's kind of right there with Chicago. Detroit? No, Detroit's no, no, no. even even more east. Indiana. It's probably Indiana. No, that's even more east. Milwaukee. Nope. There, Milwaukee's wrong line with Chicago. Yeah. It's really not not a whole lot. <laughs> well, okay. Well, you know, technically New Orleans is more is more eastern than Memphis. So yeah. So yeah, move New Orleans to keep New Orleans in the west, move Memphis to the east, have it unbalanced for some reason. 
mm. and then adds, give Seattle a team back, and there you go. <laughs> it it works perfectly. <laughs> or Las Vegas, one of those. Yeah. So, uh, oh, speaking of Las Vegas, I don't know how we mentioned this because I was thinking that the Kings wanted to move there. Uh, did you see Steph Curry say he felt like he played for the Sacramento Kings? Yes, oh my shot. God. So funny. <laughs> The Kings can't make the playoffs, and they're still catching strays. It's uh, please, like, like okay, you you know what? For Mike Brown's sake, he just got the Kings' job, and he's relishing in these last few moments with the Warriors. You know what? S- please send him out on top because he's going to be in hell for the next yeah. two years before he inevitably gets fired because nobody can turn that franchise exactly. around. <laughs> when he gets fired 28 games to the second year there, then it's going to happen. I mean, it's going to be terrible. It's uh, so bad. That city. Uh, God, that city. <laughs> Who do they pull for in college? It's got to be what? Cal, Berkeley? Probably it's gotta be. I mean, cows. Well, cows in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't know who who do they pull for in college. Maybe it's like Sacramento State. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. Other than that. go, that's about all I can think of. Is is Sacramento State, Cal State, Sacramento? I think so. Maybe. I don't know. Sorry, that's random. We're getting on topic, but you know, <laughs> that's the name of the game in this show. We don't care. Absolutely. Colleges and Sacramento. Where is where is Stanford? Uh, where's Palo Alto? I have no clue. Okay, it looks like okay. UC Davis is near there. Okay, Palo Alto is below San Francisco. Okay, I had no idea. That's what I had no idea. That's where it was. Yeah. All right. Anyway, okay. this is not a real school. Sorry, Epic Bible College. Oh Lord, heck school. yeah. That's not a real school. <laughs> what do they play? Bible drill? <laughs> I'll have a graduation rate of 16%. Ew. Oh. Is, it, is it hard? <laughs> is I don't it, know. Are is people it, just leave? Is it that like, hard? I have no clue. This is – God, this doesn't seem like a real school. I don't think this is real. <laughs> it's what probably like one of those schools you like mm. pay money. To. It's like a ITC Tech or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For Christians, it's just yeah. gotta be. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's okay. This, I'm very confused. I'm about to go down a rabbit hole if I do. This all looks like a bunch of church stuff, which again, Epic Bible College, but still, they have a University of Phoenix. All right, there you go. <laughs> huh. There you go. So yeah, that's that's what you got. Alliant, Alliant International University. <laughs> We combine the towns of Sacramento and Oakland, we can get one big sad city. <laughs> oh, they have a University of San Francisco Sacramento campus. So the Dons. Ah, there you go. They made the tournament. There you go. Honorary fans of the Dons. And that's go. that's one good thing, I guess. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I think Sac- Sacramento State made the FCS playoffs one year. I think they got murdered in the first round, but I think they made it one year. So you know. well, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> Uh, final series of the playoffs. This has been a really good one. The Bucks and the Celtics. Um, it's been back and forth, literally. The first game was a blowout win for the Bucks in the Garden, and a blowout win for the Celtics. Then they went to Milwaukee. Bucks and went at 103 101. And then last night, 116 108. Al Horford turning back the clock. Yeah, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> no clue. He got dunked on by what Giannis dunked on him, and then Al Horford's wife posted something after the game, like with Al Horford looking at him, like, 
And she was like, I know that look. That's when out that that that's when he changed. Giannis knew he messed up. And I'm just like, this is Al Horford we're talking about. <laughs> what? This man ain't got that in him anymore, but I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, Al Horford had 30 points, five of seven from deep, eleven of fourteen from the field. Man. Eight rebounds, three assists, and a block. The, took over this game. Jason Tatum still had 30 points, too. He had double-double. You talk about somebody turning back the clock. Yeah, but Al Horford. That's what, that's what freaking – that's what uh, James Harden needs to do. <laughs> Al yeah. Horford just played like he was a, like he was an Atlanta Hawk again. <laughs> yeah, Big Al just unreal to see that. In 2022, I had a friend who said that. He said that, man, I think Al Horford's been playing since I was in second grade. He's like, oh, my God, he has been playing since I was in second grade. Yeah. <laughs> like, Al Horford's been around for a while. People forget that. And he, mean, he he was on he was on the Florida teams that won national titles with Joe Kim Noah yep. and Corey Brewer. Yep. Al Horford was drafted in 2007 as the third pick of the, of the NBA draft for the Hawks. So We were 11. Yeah. This man has been doing this for a while, and he took over. Yeah, my God. Yeah, uh, this – he still averaged 10 points a game in the regular season. That's nuts. That's mm-hmm. that's solid production from him, Been playing the league for 15 years. Um, you know, I, but what's lost on me, I vividly remember his time in Atlanta because the, the, they were good. They had a young, scrappy team, and they were always, you know, challenging. Uh, they were up there with the, with Miami. Oh and, yeah, and, and Cleveland when LeBron was there and blah blah. I saw Joe um, and Horford all of them. Playing. Yeah, yeah, and then I, I remember his time with the Celtics, his first stint. Mm-hmm. I remember he left Atlanta and went there. I I remember the one year in Philadelphia because that was was that not the year when Kawhi Leonard hit the shot? Yep, um, I think. Um, yeah, twenty nineteen. Yep. Eh, maybe I don't know. And then Oklahoma. I have no, no recollection clue. of last year. No, no clue. Do not. No, I know not a thing about what he did in Oklahoma City. Could not tell you in a heartbeat. I looked through that. He, I mean, he only all he did was okay. So it looks like December eighth he got traded, and in March twenty seventh he set out the rest of the season to develop. Oh God, to develop its younger players, including <clears throat> Moses Brown, mm. Isaiah Roby, and Tony Bradley. All right. What a trio. And then he got traded. Um Horford <sighs> with Moses Brown. Yeah. Or exchange for Kimball Walker. That's a guy who's fallen off the face of the earth. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, which sucks. Kimball was a stud in Charlotte and then went to Boston, yeah. rightfully so, because Charlotte didn't want to pay him. Right. And has done nothing. <laughs> yep. And it's been all downhill from there. Yeah. God. He is he, – he's a New York Nick. I forgot about that. Ew. Ugh. Yeah. He didn't even play with the Thunder. He got released. <laughs> right. Yikes. That's that's sad. That's yes, very sad. I'm going to come back. But, guy, I forget. Kevin Walker was on that uh, 2011 Bobcat team. Yeah. Yes. My yes. man's career started in hell. He crawled, he crawled the way out of hell. And now he's right back in it. Yep. Like, God, that sucks. Sad. So much. Um, but yeah, no, uh, this Bucks Celtics series been very entertaining. 
feel like the Celtics, no matter what who they play, it's always entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can talk about that net series as well. Um, Giannis is doing his thing though. He is still going off. He had thirty four points the other night. Um, yeah, oh for four from three, but I mean he can do whatever he wants really inside at times. Don't really again. It does feel like someone does need to st- step up and. Sorry, I saw Drew Holiday's name. I saw a tweet that says, why Drew Holiday got all the muscles? He has no reason to have that many muscles. <laughs> I'm like, God, you're right. Drew Holiday's underrated. Drew Holiday oh, yeah, is soft. the reason Milwaukee has a championship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fight fight me if you disagree. <laughs> yeah. But... He was the missing piece, and I called it. <laughs> you did. I, you really I promise did. you I called it because I said that Milwaukee should go get a true point guard when they were doing that, before they got Drew Holiday, and I was like, they need to go get Chris Paul. And I really – I wish they would have. That would have been cool. But they got somebody that I didn't even think about, Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. and it worked. Yep. Oh, wait. I did not realize Grayson Allen started this game. Yes. That's interesting. Um, Pat Connaughton played 30 minutes off the bench, too, with 11 points. Kind of cool to see him. I, I respect Pat Connaughton a lot. Yeah. I don't know why. I usually hate Notre Dame people, but. No, he's a solid player. I respect he's, he's him. He's a heck of a baseball player, too, which is wild. Right. He's like, uh, it's like Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I knew it. My God, I knew it. I and I thought about saying that, and then I said, "You know what? I'm not going to say that." God bless. I knew God. it was coming when he got drafted. I was I was sitting there watching it, and they said he's also drafted in a major league baseball draft. I uh, every game, every South Carolina game on ESPN. Oh, sick of that! He was drafted in baseball. We all know. Played there for four years. We knew he was drafted. <laughs> Dang it! Oh my God, that's that's the one. That one and the hey, they should have Dallas when he coached at Alabama were two funniest ones for a while. There uh, kept showing up at every Clemson Carolina game. <laughs> no, no, the the other one was uh, hey, you, you know, you know, Jake Bentley's supposed to be a senior in high school. Oh my God, no! <laughs> you know, God. he's supposed to be a senior in high school. <laughs> that and. But- also, Joey Pancake for the baseball team. Hey, did you know Joey Pancake hit a home run on National Pancake Day? God yeah. bless. Yeah. So oh many my times. God, that one. <laughs> God. It's like, we get it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's your NBA playoffs. Looking at the uh, the heater up 36-22 on the Sixers in the second of that one. So, he taking care of business right now, but still plenty yeah. of time. There. Um, Waff, let's talk hockey for the first time ever on this show. All right. <laughs> uh, this is the only time – is this the only time you watch hockey, Waff? Because I think it is for me too. <laughs> it, it, it 100% is. But I will tell you that I do enjoy hockey. Oh, absolutely. I very much enjoy it. Now, are you going to catch me watching a regular season game? It's doubtful. Yeah. But I do like hockey. Yeah. And, play, and playoff hockey is unmatched. Oh, it's and so- considering the fact that Memphis is, you know, in the playoffs and there's been high drama for basketball, um, I've been really focused on the NBA playoffs, so I haven't been able to – well, I haven't put a lot of focus on the NHL playoffs. But, like, once they start whittling it down, especially the Stanley Cup finals are oh, yeah. immaculate. It's always oh, yeah. great. 
It's it's the greatest playoffs of any sport, bar none. I, I would agree. I think it's awesome. Like it is. And all the traditions and the the obviously the, the, the Stanley Cup itself is beautiful and everybody gets their name on it. No, no other trophy does that. Mm-hmm. No, no other sport has something that means as much unless i mean you might could say some of the golf trophies yeah like, yeah, yeah. like the claret jug and all this kind of stuff but like i mean you know team sports this is the biggest yeah. Team trophy yeah for sure um so looking through uh playoffs only one series has ended in the first round of the league yeah um yes and that was the Colorado avalanche sweep the nashville predators yeah this was domination. Yes, uh, it was. The scores of these read like football games. So, 7-2. That game was 5 nothing in the first period. Mm-hmm. 2-1. That's the only close game. 7-3, 5-3. Yeah. Avalanche. I believe you are the number one seed in the West. Um, I know they won the division at 56-19. and So, yeah, they got to be up there. Uh, they just dominated the Preds, mm-hmm. which, again – not far removed from the Preds making a Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nashville just – they had their – I mean, Nashville was a kind of, kind of bottom feeder franchise for a while. Like, I, I remember playing, you know, back back in the day when we used to have the hockey games like NHL hits, and I had like NHL 2006. And, yeah. you know, like the, the Preds were trash. And, like, so that used to be the go-to team to play against because, you know, being a kid, whatever. And then they had that improbable run in 2017 when they had Subban and made it all the way to the Stanley Cups, ultimately lose to, what was it, the Penguins, I think? I think the Penguins. Um, But – and then since then, they've – it's like they've tried to recapture that and they failed every year. Yeah, they just can't really kind of get that magic going, which is kind of cool to see Southern hockey teams do so well. I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning, yeah, uh, really well. I, I, I'm not. If I had to pick a hockey team, I probably should have picked Nashville because I'm a Tennessee Titan fan. I think yeah. it, it would make sense because ever since 2017, I mean, that city has embraced uh the predators mm-hmm. big time and like they have a great they have great crowds um and they they show out the bridgestone arena and they have the whole smashville thing and like i feel yeah, like it has a really good following that stuff. yeah it's got a really good following um but it's just that they just haven't been able to recapture it yeah yeah um so looking at the playoffs like we said it's the best one all these series left are tied at two apiece except for pittsburgh and the rangers yeah that's three one and that first game with the Double OT are three overtimes in the first game. So that's just how good this has been. Um, tonight, right now, Carolina and Boston, the Hurricanes are up 2 nothing in the second period. That's another team that's kind of come out back out of nowhere. Because Carolina, remember, they won the Stanley Cup in 2006, then yeah. did nothing. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, was a, that was a lockout short yeah. year, I think. Yeah. Um, came back, did nothing, and then finally a few years ago before COVID, got back, went to the Eastern Conference Finals, lost the Finals. Since they've been competitors, so it's kind of cool to see them do so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa Bay and Toronto, that was tied too. Tampa Bay's up two nothing in the first. I feel like isn't it Toronto that hasn't advanced past the first round in like forty years or something like that? It's yeah, I believe so. It's been like a cycle of misery. Yeah, like they get to the playoffs and like they have a even if they have a one seed, it's like nope, you're done. 
Goodbye, they remind me. They remind me a lot of the Jets in football. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they had a, like the, the Jets had those years with Rex Ryan where they made it to the AFC Championship game. But outside of that, in the past what 20, 25 years, have they they haven't touched? They haven't sniffed anything. Yeah. And they've been, you know, perpetually bad. And Toronto has been perpetually bad in hockey for a while until recently. You know, last like five years, they started to pick up some steam. But obviously, they still have not been able to get over that hump. So uh, the Maple Leafs have not won a playoff series since the 2004 season, actually. Wow. They won the first round over the Senators 4 3, but they lost in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Then they didn't make the playoffs again until 2012. Yeah. And they have lost in the first round every single year since then. So and they have made it. So and they have made the playoffs one, two, three, four, five. God, they've made the playoffs six years in a row. And they have lost by with like one game. And they have lost in an elimination game, final game, every single time except for once. So they lost four two and they lost four two to the Capitals in twenty sixteen. Since then it's been four three, four three, three two in that twenty twenty COVID season it was five games. And then four three last year, so oh they were first in their division last year too. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they have gone through it. And the Maple Leafs. Uh, when have they won? Have they ever won a title? That has to be like way. Back. If so, it's got to be way back in the day because they're one uh, of the, yeah. the original ones, right? Yeah, nineteen sixty seven was their last Stanley Cup final. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're, they're kind of like the the Cubs. Yeah. Ish, sort of. I mean, Cubs obviously over 100 years, drastic, drastic. But the Cubs or or maybe like the Bengals, like just, yeah. just, win, just winning a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the last time they've made a Stanley Cup final too because they have made it to the Western Conference Finals plenty of times and haven't won it. So, or Eastern Conference Finals, excuse me, haven't won it. So, yeah, that is misery right there. <laughs> yeah. Um. I also have St. Louis and Minnesota, the Wild and the Blues tied at two. You're a Minnesota Wild Waffle. <laughs> yes, I am a self-proclaimed Minnesota Wild fan. I do not – I couldn't tell you why. I really don't know. I, I feel, feel like, like I from just, like one of the NHL games, you played with them and, like, got really good at that. I remember one year you played with them on, like, an NHL video game and was really good with them, and that's why I think you picked them. Like, yes, yes, when I was a senior in high school, I had – which was 2014. The only NHL game I had was NHL 12. Yeah, uh, which had a great soundtrack. It had a song by Anthrax on there, and I used to just. It had like two songs, two metal songs, and it was like an Anthrax song, and the other band was like, I can't remember. But I used to cut off the rest of the songs and just play both of those songs. So like every time I hear that Anthrax song, I think of that game, and it just takes me back to a better time, and I love that. But I was like seventy, I was like seventy eight and two and two. In, a, in like a regular that, season, yeah. like it was something ridiculous because you know, I played on rookie mode because I didn't want to lose. <laughs> um, and whatever, but Minnesota has a great logo. I think the Minnesota Wilds logo is fantastic. I love that logo, and the color scheme is amazing as well. And but for some reason, with me, I feel like I'm just attracted to teams that I feel like have promise. But they don't really go anywhere because, I mean, you could say that about Tennessee. Like, I mean, obviously a lot of promise, you know, lately, uh, and it never really went anywhere. And the whole reason I'm a Titans fan is because of Vince Young. A lot of promise. Did it go anywhere? No. Um, 
Memphis, you know, grit and grind Grizzlies, a lot of promise. Did it go anywhere? No. Braves finally paid off, I guess. Uh, South yeah, Carolina, South Carolina. I, I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> and, and then Duke basketball. Okay, that was kind of a cop-out. But anyway, yeah. um, Minnesota. My Minnesota Wild. I feel like the Minnesota Wild are exactly like their football counterpart, the Minnesota Vikings. Like the yeah. Minnesota Wild – in the, in the years that I've been a self-proclaimed Wild fan, let's just say in the past 10 years, <laughs> since, yeah, 2012, let's just go there. Minnesota's been decent. They've made the playoffs a handful of times, uh, won a series or won a series or two here and there, yeah. uh, but have never been able to put it together. And they had Zach Parise and Ryan Suter signed to massive contracts, and that never panned out. Mm-hmm. And – now they're just kind of here, which is a lot like the Vikings. Like the Vikings have had really have had some good seasons and they've made the playoffs a number of times and they've had some great games and they've had some great victories, but they've never put it together. And they're just stuck in an endless cycle of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about Minnesota. And well, that's how I feel about the wild, but at the same time, I don't know enough about right. them to really, uh, I do know this much. I did read an article the other day, I don't know what possessed me to do this, but I read an article about Minnesota's expiring contracts and like Minnesota, the wild are in a situation right now where it's like either you're going to win this year or you're going to be offloading a ton of people at the end of the year anyway. So if you get, if you're going to win, it's got to be now. Uh, so Minnesota, get it together. Let's let, let's win. How about that? Bring waffle home a title wild. Bring, Bring me home waffle. a title. Bring I used to, I had a when I worked at Reebok back when yeah. Reebok it was the official sponsor of the NHL. I had that Minnesota Wild shirt that I used to wear to work. I think I gave that shirt to Trey. You did. I can't remember. Because it doesn't. I mean, obviously that doesn't fit anymore. I've gained yeah. a ton of weight, but um, you know, you, you're right about that logo. Nice shirt. That logo is dope. I remember. I love that logo. Yeah, I remember the Wild, too, this year. I think it was the Wild and the Blues who are also playing now. Played that outdoor game. It was negative 30 degrees this year, I think, yeah. all of them. So, that's a lot of respect for the Wild for that, too, because they're like, we're going to play an outdoor game in Minnesota in January. Let's yeah. go. Right. <laughs> um, by the way, the Wild have not won a playoff series since 2015 playoffs. And they beat the Blues, ironically, uh, 4-2, but then they lost the second round to the Blackhawks and haven't won since. So Good. Yeah. Go wild. Um, you know, another another good logo. Simple, kind of cheesy because it's flames, but Calgary. I love that oh, logo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I love cool. that Calgary flame logo. I like the alternate that you see you see on their sleeves with the horse. Yeah. Spitting fire. I love, that's a low-key, very good alternate logo. Yes. Their, their uniforms are gas, too, like the blacks. And then they had those red, the old ones, the red, and the yellows. Oh, yeah, oh, great. Love that. I, I was thinking of Jerome again. Look. That's yeah. all I think about because that backyard. Every house, time. All Every I think time. about is the Flames. Every time. Uh, yeah, the Kings and the Oilers, the Battle of Wayne Gretzky, it <laughs> looks like yeah. here um, uh, tonight, which Oilers, again, I feel like Connor McDavid's that kind of – he's turned that team around because I remember the Oilers were garbage. Oh, yeah. um, and he's not turned them around. And I feel like he's one of those guys you see a lot where those rookies are kind of stuck trying to be the franchise leader and nobody helps them, so <laughs> – and see what happens with him down the road, too. Uh, I said Pittsburgh, New York's a 3-1 lead for the Penguins. Um, 
feel like we talked about this. New York sports are sad, and the Rangers are continuing that right now. Uh, Washington and Florida. The Florida Panthers made the playoff just blows my mind because I remember when they were absolutely Oh, I remember mean, when they were so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently that's a lot. They have, like, a really good atmosphere, too. They're kind of like the National Predators where they've kind of yeah. set up and have embraced – the city's kind of embraced them. Well, you know, they've done a good job this year because they uh, – I mean, they're, they're, they finished the season 58-18-6. and six, Yeah. Uh, which was the first in the Atlantic. And their coach – got canned at the beginning of the year because he was the coach um for the Blackhawks when that uh, you know back when they won those titles and then the scandal came out yeah so they've done a good job of weathering the storm because all of a sudden their coach just had to you know hit the road Jack and yeah yeah Yeah, so yeah good for the Panthers and of course uh Dallas Stars took on Calgary Dallas again it's another weird team I don't feel like you ever hear about until we get to the Stanley Cup, and they somehow nope. be really good every year because they won it one year, didn't they? Yeah, they won the Stanley Cup, I think, COVID. Yeah, I think they won the COVID title. They, they won the COVID yeah. Cup. Yeah, so that's another team you never hear about. It's like, oh, yeah, Dallas is a team in hockey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're really good, actually. So Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's your hockey talk for the year, y'all. <laughs> but you know one thing, you know who sucks? You know who's terrible? Oh, absolutely. And that's so, the Arizona Coyotes. Oh my God. I mean, they are so bad. And they for the most part of the season, they almost didn't have a home stadium, <laughs> home uh yeah, home home arena. It, it's just a mess. And yeah, because they didn't pay the rent. <laughs> they're it's it's awful. Yeah. Things the more I the older I get, the the more I realize that Arizona's not a good place. <laughs> I, I really just I really just refuse to believe that Arizona is a place of quality living, and it's just like, like I mean, look, look, Arizona State. I mean, biggest party school in the country. But yeah, still. yeah, that they have that stigma, which is which is fine. That's not a be all end all, but um, and then. I always think about American Dad. American Dad used to joke about Arizona and Tucson being the armpit of God knows what, the Southwest, <laughs> and, you know, just terrible. And then the Cardinals, sure, you had you, you had Larry Fitzgerald, well-respected, love him to death. Did nothing you, well. <laughs> you had a career resurgence for Kurt Warner, and you came up a San Antonio Holmes toe tap away from a Super Bowl. Okay, whatever. And then mediocre, mediocre, mediocre. Now you get back this year. And questionable hire with Kingsbury, you got Kyler Murray, you blow it, and sad. Diamondbacks, sad. Gone are the days of Randy Johnson and yeah. Luis Gonzalez. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Arizona is not a quality, a good place of living. It's not. You got the I Phoenix Mercury. That's about it. You got Diana Rossi out there. <laughs> I refuse to believe it. And for the longest time, they did their own thing. They didn't even celebrate daylight saving time. What? Why, Arizona? <laughs> why? Why not? I mean, I don't understand that. Now, I mean, obviously everybody's on the same schedule now because they're changing it. But yeah, why? It, weird, Arizona. You're weird, and it's a dry heat, and I don't know if I'd like that. I, <laughs> maybe I like to sweat. You know what? It's whatever. Um, looking at Arizona, by the way, if you want to know how bad they were, that oh god, I don't know how. The Montreal Canadiens were also bad this year, but they were. But um, Arizona, 
had finished the year with 57 points, 25, 50, and 7. That was less points than the Seattle Kraken, who are an expansion. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Coyotes, by the way, if you don't know, got moved to Arizona State's ice hockey arena, um, yep. which holds 3,000 people. Yeah. So Arizona's going to be playing because they didn't pay the rent on their yeah. arena. So sad. Thing, that's how things are going in Arizona right now. Um, yikes. The Coyotes uh, remind me of – it's almost like kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays, but the Coyotes suck. Yeah. The, the Rays are actually good. Yeah. The Rays are good no one shows up. The Coyotes suck and no one shows up for good reason. Which is even worse. I mean, that's even worse. Like, the Rays deserve to have some fans, and they're so good, and their stadium is so trash that nobody comes. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's your hockey talk. Um, I know that the Stanley Cup's Cup's awesome, and the Coyotes are horrible. Yep. As is the entire state of Arizona. (laughs) And, yeah, the entire state of Arizona, stay away from it. And underlying, underlying topic, Montreal, wow, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Sorry, sorry, Richard. Aren't those your Canadians? <laughs> yeah, I think they are. I don't know what I am right now. I think I'm a Hurricanes. I think I became. A, I think I jumped on that bandwagon a few years. Hey, ago. well, you know, if you go look at my Facebook post from 14 years ago, I, I was a Canucks fan for what oh reason? My God, for what reason? I couldn't tell you. They had the. Oh God, uh, Henrik and Daniel. It was the Stenson, the Stenson I brothers. Think so, I think yeah, the Stenson brothers. Yeah, and the the goalie Roberto Luongo. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just tried to pick a team, and then all of a sudden, my my, my Facebook posts go from darn you Boston Bruins when they beat the Canucks in the Canucks um, Stanley Cup Finals <laughs> to like let's go wild. Like what what happened? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, all I think about the Canucks is them going those riots after they lost the Boston. <laughs> yeah, finals. I was like, oh god. <laughs> I remember that vividly because I remember trying to talk smack to your. Uh, uh, all right, I can't. I can't remember the family designation. Yeah, to Isaac. Yeah, to Isaac about freaking Boston because <laughs> I was I was a Canucks fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> stupid! Uh, good times. Uh, we'll move on to baseball, and again, as we said, none of these standings matters. Nope, because this all can change. But the Braves are in second in the East at fourteen and sixteen. They've got Ronald Acuna back. Uh, he's starting to look good. I mean, he had one of the nastiest home runs I've ever seen against the Brewers the other night. Uh, yeah, it was pretty dope. Where he hit the King James celebration. I also hit one while falling down against yeah. the. Earlier in the series, um, Braves kind of going back and forth right now. Um, still trying to find their footing early. They lost the series to the Mets, lost the series to the Rangers, but did win a series over the Brewers, and now they're playing the Red Sox uh, right now. They're down 6 nothing in the third. Never mind. Uh, wow. Beautiful. Okay. Good, good start that. to that series. Um, but, yeah, it's early. Again, as we said, none of this matters. Um, the none one team matter. that – Everybody needs to pay attention to is the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, I was about to God say. God bless America. This team is bad, but are they? Because the Reds, out of nowhere, have won two in a row. They have. Um, again, they won two from the Braves. Start of the year, split the series. 
Then they didn't win. They, I was on April 10th. They won their last game. Then they didn't win again until April 24th. Mm-hmm. Then they go to Pittsburgh and they win a series from the Pirates. Good God, the Pirates are horrible. <laughs> they won it 9-2 and 7-3 and lost 8-5. And then mm-hmm. they just beat the Brewers last night 10-5. So they've won three of the last four. So Reds, good question mark? Probably not. But you know what? It's fun to watch. <laughs> they're not good. No, they are not. They are. They are <laughs> bad. Yeah, they're, they're awful. Um yeah. <laughs> Once again, like I, I feel like I've already disrespected David enough <laughs> with the Joel and B talk, but David, I'm sorry, bro. This is just a David Turner slander episode. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm, I, you know what? I'm here for it. <laughs> you know, the Reds, the Reds, after what they did in the off season with their management offloading everybody, they deserve it. <laughs> this is what you get. I mean, you, you, yeah. your payroll is. Like almost my salary that I make. Like, come on now. <laughs> that's that's a joke, guys. I don't make that much money. Uh, they're supposed to be getting Jonathan India back rookie of the year at some point. So you know, maybe they won't be completely horrible, but guy, it, it's bad. Yeah, it's it looked great. bad. And I mean, but three of the last four again, two of those wins over the Pirates. Who? Oh Fuck. God. <laughs> They're awful. Uh, the Pirates are down. The Pirates are playing the Dodgers right now. They're down seven nothing. Ew. Um, they somehow beat the Dodgers yesterday. That's how stupid baseball is as a sport. Um, but look at how I know these standings don't matter. But look at the West. Look, look at the uh, the NL West. It's oddly, it's oddly very competitive. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, like obviously we know Dodgers, Padres, Giants are all good. But then you got the Rockies and the Diamondbacks that are just kind of holding their own. Yeah, now, obviously we're only 30 games into a 162 game season, but you know, I do like in the central. Yeah, the Brewers are 19 and 11, who I think are a pretty good team. The Cardinals behind them 16 and 12. Okay, they're fine, and it just drops off to the Pirates, Cubs, and Reds just having fun out there and getting exercise, man. Yeah, and you know the the Mets are out here, you know, winning the first half of the season championship and whatever, and then the, the rest of the NL East is just kind of fuddling around and. Yeah. Who knows? But here, here we are with this NL East with the run differentials. The run differentials blow my mind. Yeah. Obviously, Washington, not great. Mets, okay, decent. Uh, Miami and Philadelphia, who both only have 13 wins, have a plus plus run differential. And the Braves have a minus run differential because why not? Sure. sure. And but But, you know, the Braves are in the same spot that they were last year, which mm-hmm. is wild. Yeah. So, I mean, I – that 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 just leads back to our original point. None of this matters. Exactly. The Braves didn't get hot until July, and it was after the All-Star game, well after the All-Star game. Yes. But he- you want to know one thing that does matter? hmm And I know we're only 31 games in. The Los Angeles Angels. Yes, sir. Let's go. Are winning the AL West. Please, God, some, for, for Shohei, for Mike Trout, Get these guys some freaking hardware. Please. Please. God. These guys can go down as the two best baseball players to ever play of all freaking time, and they might not win anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so sad. Please win them something. (laughs) Just give them one. Just one division title. That's all I'm asking for. 
but but you see that the Angels are 20 and 11. Houston's right on their tails, winning seven in a row because the Astros still exist and we cannot have nice things. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Which would you rather have? Would you rather have retribution for the Angels or would you rather have the Mariners win a postseason series? <laughs> I was on the Mariners to make you it. You can't have both. You cannot oh have God. both. God. Mm. That's a you tough one. have both. That's a very tough one. <laughs> it's gonna be, what if this year the ALCS is the, is the Angels and the Mariners? <laughs> Just oh. breaks everybody's brain. <laughs> God, that'd be beautiful. It I would, would watch so every great. second be, of every game. I'd be all in. I don't care who wins it. I'm yes, all sir. <laughs> I'm happy either way. Yep. Um, It's going by the wayside. Uh, but the AL Central, the Royals and the Tigers suck as well. Oh my god, the, the, um, the Royals won a World Series not that long ago. I feel like the Royals won a World Series in 2015, and the Tigers played for one not long before that. Yeah, uh, so yeah, being it's a good thing the Chiefs got in good Kansas City because you'd be in that same boat as like Detroit and all that. Yeah, yeah, and there's then there's just Detroit, yeah. Beautiful. Detroit's just out here, just going through life in misery and pain. And I guess the Michigan Wolverines are the only team you have now. So, mm. <laughs> um, and even that's still not that great. Exactly. Um, and then move on the Yankees, twenty and eight again. Good team. This may not matter, but good team. So, yeah, yeah. Sure. The top, three, the top three teams in that division: the Yankees, Rays, and Jays. All really good. If the Red Sox get together, they're gonna be good. So. Yeah, my my two goals for this season are for the Mariners to win the uh, to win the AL West, <laughs> and for the Orioles to finish with a better record than the Red Sox. And they are two games up on them, so okay. I would be I would be very happy because the Orioles Stop the count. Stop the all, count. <laughs> I'll be at twelve and seventeen. The Orioles are terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're so bad. Yeah, they are. God, that run differential is not great. <laughs> They are three and ten away. Ew. <laughs> uh, yeah. You go on. Oh, the Tigers are too. God. <laughs> so if you're a Tigers away game, you just know that. I just, I just love. I can't remember what team it was. We talked about that was so bad at home that we were like, "What do you do if you're a season ticket holder for that team?" I think it was the Falcons. <laughs> right. I think it was the Falcons when they won like two, one or two games this year at home or something like that. Like, yeah. You know, so much out of suck to pay money for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for the. The anomalies here, and St. Louis has a better away record than home record, and the Cubs do as well. Uh, and the, the Nationals are three and eleven at home, and they're seven and nine on the road. <laughs> Who have they played? I mean, they they have to have like hosted the Dodgers and played the Reds out yeah. on, on the road. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, <sighs> man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's baseball. Um, we're actually going to go see the Braves this weekend, my guy. That's gonna be yes, sir. Uh, in Atlanta against the Padres, which would be fun to be see. Time. Um, yeah. Um, I also want to close out. Uh, MFL, NFL uh, schedule was getting released this week, um, which is going to be a lot of fun to see. Some games have already been released, like Monday Night Football, week two. It's a rematch of the Titans and the Bills from last year on Monday Night Football as well. Yes, that one's at 7-15, part of a doubleheader, so that should be a fun one. This one up in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it should be a fun game and then also you get primetime Jalen Hurts versus primetime Kirk Cousins I hope Joe Buck's calling this one too 
<laughs> just throw it all together in one big stew at 8 30 on abc <laughs> hooray yeah i also saw leaked uh thanksgiving well, bills and ravens is the night game thanksgiving. oh nice that'd be yeah, fun because the, the other thanksgiving game is uh broncos somebody yeah and uh remember. one of the christmas games is rams and, oh maybe that's maybe yeah, yeah rams and broncos because it's christmas yeah because yep. yeah, on nickelodeon and cbs so nickelodeon <laughs> going to bring it back that's still it still blows my mind i can't believe they put a football game on nickelodeon it's so, <laughs> it's so bad it's so terrible <laughs> Please, like do kids do, do, do kids really like that like i just yeah they're probably like, I I think back to if I was a kid, would I watch that? No. 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 I want to watch SpongeBob. I know. Uh, if you had SpongeBob commentate the game, all right. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe. Just play the Bang Geeks episode on the loop. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to about do it. Um, it's one of the bad things about summer. Not a whole lot going on except for baseball and, I guess the NBA playoffs when they end. I don't know what we're going to yeah, talk about in the past. NBA playoffs are pretty dope. I mean, technically, we could talk about the the USFL, but I honestly do not care. <laughs> really nor don't. nor have I watched more than ten minutes of a game. <laughs> I did see that Jeff Fisher's Michigan Panthers blew it. Blair, they Blair Walsh a game winning field goal. So um, I did see that, which is pretty funny. But other than that, who cares? Yeah, I've said it time and time again. Like unless the this unless a new football league is going to be a direct developmental league for the NFL and have direct ties with the NFL, I'm not going to watch and it's not going to last. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I stand by that. Oh, dude, I forgot. I just realized something happened while we haven't recorded. The NFL draft happened. <laughs> oh, we oh, haven't yeah. talked anything about the NFL draft. Oh yeah, duh. <laughs> um. Yeah, boy, boy, do I have a lot to say. Yeah, well, just wow. talk about what what the Titans do in the draft, man. What are the Titans doing right now? <laughs> we need to have a a live. I have a AJ Brown hoodie, and we need to burn it. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, uh, well, hold on. Let, let let me regroup here. I need to I need I need to pull up what I need to pull up. So obviously, the NFL uh, draft was you know. What was it last week? No, week week before last. Yeah, week before last. Yeah, week before last, and was a good time. I love the draft. The draft is like a national holiday for myself. I think it's great, and definitely a lot went went down. That is for sure. If I could just pull up, God bless. I cannot pull up the pigs. Draft tracker. Okay, here we go. Okay, okay. All right. The NFL draft, April 28th. So heading into this NFL draft, um, you know, we had heard for months that obviously Aiden Hutchinson was pro- probably going to be the number one consensus, uh, the consensus number one overall pick going to the Jaguars. The Jaguars threw a curveball and picked Travon Walker from Georgia, who I'm sure is also going – who is – a heck of a football player. We know that. Anybody from that Georgia defense was. Um, but it's, it's it blows my mind, literally. I I hadn't even heard this dude's name <laughs> until four days before the draft. And they're all just – all of a sudden, everybody's just like, yeah, Walker's going number one. Like, what changed? I I, I yeah. don't get yeah. it. Because I feel like he had a good combine, but it wasn't like 
yeah. Oh, mind blowingly, like, oh, this is great. Like, I don't yeah, know I mean, what happened there. Like his and his and I don't know his his measurements just got everybody. And you know what? He he could he, he could be a Hall of Famer. Who knows? That's the beauty of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he's going to Jacksonville, so I highly doubt it. Um, <laughs> but I, I sincerely hope Jacksonville drafted the biggest bust of all time. Uh, and now we move on to Detroit, and I think they got a steal with Aiden Hutchinson. I think that's going to be great. Obviously, it works out great for him. Hometown boy um, going to Detroit in, you know, a, as bad as Detroit still is, I, I really view Detroit as a promising place. For football. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were the best, what, 0 and 8 team or 0 7 yeah, 1 team yeah. ever last year. Jared Goff is obviously a problem and not, you know, your long term solution. No. But I, I I really like Dan Campbell, and I think that he can succeed as a head coach. Um, yeah, he's got his team to buy in for sure. Yeah, he, he got that team to buy in last year that was awful. So mm-hmm. good for him. Uh, but I think this would be a great pick. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr. going to the Texans, they needed everything, and they're getting a good defensive back from LSU. Okay, fair. Uh, by the uh, way, also to the Texans, they just signed Jerry Hughes from the Bills. That was a pretty good uh, yeah. agreement. So that's two, two big pickups for the defense if they can get them to work out. Yeah, uh, the Jets picked up Sauce Gardner. Obviously, he had uh, generated a lot of buzz um, as the draft approached and everything. I think he's going to be a great – I really hope he does good. Um, I think he will be good. I'd, I'd like to see oh, a kid, yeah. like the kid from Cincinnati come out and do big things. Oh, yeah. um, Giants picking up Kayvon Thibodeau, great pick. He was, you know, uh, for the, the duration of the college football season, he oh, was everybody's yeah. number one, so – um, a good steal there for for the Giants. Panthers bolstering up their offensive line with Akeem Aquanu from NC State, um, keeping him in the state of North Carolina. So I guess good for the Panthers. But if he's blocking for Sam Darnold, it's not going to make a difference. <laughs> and the Giants picked the other best tackle uh, in Evan Neal from Alabama. So uh, kind of same thing. If he's blocking for Daniel Jones, I really don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. But uh, those two picks for the Giants at five and seven, I like that. Yeah, Giants, um, that's a good draft, I think. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta Falcons in desperate need of wide receivers after obviously Calvin Ridley is suspended for the whole season uh, and they really just don't have anybody. Yeah. Um, they draft Drake London uh, out of USC. Uh, I don't really know a whole lot about him, you know. He's he's fine. After dark, but. He's, he's quick. Uh, he's not big. But I feel like you could have gotten, you know, and you saw it pick two picks later, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Yeah, yeah. You could, also, you James Williams also there. Yeah. I, think those, I think there were better receivers on the board, but I think he's solid. I don't know if he's going to be great, especially with who knows yeah. who's throwing to him because Desmond Ritter got drafted by the Falcons. So yeah, that's true. Now it's interesting to see who's going to be throwing to him. Right. Uh, Seahawks drafted a tackle, uh, Charles Cross from Mississippi State. So, um Drafting a tackle for them to add their next new running back behind, which is ridiculous. Seattle drafts running backs like it's, I don't know what, I don't know, like I don't know what. And why do they draft running backs? Who who knows? (laughs) Um, And the Jets picked up Garrett Wilson. Love that pick. Uh, Two skill players with Charles Gardner and Garrett Wilson. Really do like that. But, I mean, they are all in on Zach Wilson, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Very interesting to see what happens with them. Yeah, Olave goes to the, uh, what you call it? They get, yeah, it goes to the Saints after they trade up with Washington. Saints uh, doing some moves. Got Tyron Matthew, locked down uh, Jameis. Yeah, locked down Jameis once. Yeah. Um, 
Saints might be doing some moves here. I mean, they weren't horrible last year without Jameis Winston. I, it just which James Jameis Winston? Jameis, Jameis before he blew his knee out was pretty good. Exactly. So hopefully you get the, that Jameis Winston back and. You got these weapons for you. They might be a solid team down New Orleans. So he he could give Tom Brady some fits down in the NFC South. Saints have given the Bucks fits since Tom Brady's got to that team. So, um the the Minnesota Vikings trade with their division rival, allowing Detroit to pick up Jameson Williams, um, which I think is a fantastic pick. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, For the Lions, I think that's really exciting. A playmaker, obviously coming off a big injury, Uh, but shoot, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, this next pick, I really like this pick. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles trading up to draft Jordan Davis out of Georgia. I just who whoever got him was going to get a stud. I mean, the dude's unreal. He's so athletic, but he's also massive. It's ridiculous. He, he's the, his speed is wild. Like a guy that big should not move that quick. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at fourteen, picking Kyle Hamilton, the best safety in the draft out of Notre Dame. I love that pick. Um, I do too. Kyle Hamilton's good, man. There's a play against Florida State where he he comes comes all the way across across the field to make a pick. It's at that point because the Bills know we're down lower. Of course, they end up trading up and they needed some DB or safety or something. And Hamilton hadn't gone off the board yet. I was like. They might try to trade up to get him, but when I saw the Ravens guy, I was like, oh, that's a great pick. That's the guy I really wish would yeah. Buffalo or Buffalo would try to trade up more to get to him for sure. Yeah. Uh, Houston going with Kenyon Green, uh, inside line, you know, or a guard out of Texas A&M um, to, you know. Help Davis help, out. So. Yeah, help, help, help everything out that they need. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the commanders, after trading down, uh, get Jahan Dotson from Penn State to go alongside of Terry McLaurin um, as they bring in Carson Wentz. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and the Chargers pick up Zion Johnson, who's a, a guard from Boston College, so some more protection for Justin Herbert and crew. And then we get to pick 18, which is the uh, – well, it, it was the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in the kitchen making or i'm cleaning up because i made food and titans weren't supposed to pick till 26 so i mean i had time i was cleaning yeah yeah, washing dishes and malik's like hey bro get in here and i was like huh and i turned around and went in there and it was like tennessee has traded up to 18 and i was like oh okay i wonder what we're doing and then it flashed across the screen that Tennessee has traded up to 18. They have acquired the 18th overall pick in exchange for Arthur Juan Brown, wide receiver, Tennessee Titans. And oh man, I had to I had to go on the back porch for this one. <laughs> Shouting obscenities at the sky. Uh at first I didn't I you know. Uh, jerk reaction. At first, I hated it. I, I freaking love AJ Brown, and there's been so many good memories in his three years in Tennessee. Um, from you know his rookie year in 2019, his first touchdown catch I always remember against the um, against the Falcons with with Mariota throwing to him, and he had like a his first game ever. He had three catches for 100 yards, or yeah. it was a great game. I guess the well, it was against the Browns. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, and then. Yeah, so we would go through that season, make an AFC championship game, had a really good rookie year, 
uh, comes out this, the next year, gets over a thousand yards, uh, just has play after play. Uh, he has that fantastic play against the Ravens where he bulldozes his way to the end zone, breaks about six tackles um, in the regular season against the Ravens to, to you know, uh, get the touchdown there. Um, so many good memories. And even this year, that play, the touchdown catch against Cincinnati to tie the game after Amani Hooker's interception and the, the, the throw from Ryan Tannehill, the one-handed catch and double coverage from A.J. Brown and the crowd reaction are the three components for a unreal sports moment. Mm-hmm. And that will always live in my head. And I hate, hate, hate to see him go. But after digesting it, after literally, I mean, I was on, I was on Twitter for the next two hours <laughs> trying to see here, like you know, trying to see takes from people I follow that cover the Titans and all this kind of stuff of the Titans Twitter community and just seeing the jerk reaction and all this kind of stuff and waiting to finally hear, hear something from Vrabel or from John Robinson or to hear something from AJ Brown. AJ, I have, I had AJ Brown's tweets on a notification bell before he got traded because AJ Brown has a habit of tweeting stuff and deleting it. So I always wanted to make sure I saw it. And I liked him hearing him tweet because he always spoke his mind. Just waiting to hear from anybody. And, you know, after after letting it digest, I get it. Yeah. I, I 100% get it. I, and, you know, Tennessee had had concerns with Brown being injured, which albeit he wasn't like a completely lost cause as far as injuries. Like injuries didn't plague his career. He's obviously had a really great career to this point. Uh, which just goes to show by the fact that the Philadelphia is paying him $100 million over the course of four years. Um, where I do have an issue, it's literally AJ Brown's on record of saying he wants to be a Titan for life. Obviously that's not the case anymore. Uh, Vrabel was on the record as of two weeks ago, as long as he's the head coach, we're not dealing him. Obviously things change. Yeah. And they didn't want to pay him, and I can respect it. So, is what it is. Eagles got a good one. I hope he does well, and I hate to see him go. But Tennessee uh, drafts his replacement, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Oddly enough, his player comparison is AJ Brown. So, <laughs> here we go. Um, whatever. I I like to pick a lot. I wanted us to go wide receiver anyway, even if we would have kept AJ. Uh, it just kind of – I don't know. At, at first, it was just kind of like, okay, we traded a, we traded our best receiver away to draft another receiver. And I was just kind of like, uh, all right. <laughs> Excuse me. And then uh, I didn't know this at the time, but you get down – Tennessee still had the 26 overall pick, and they ended up trading back to acquire more picks. So, either way. I like Traylon Burks. I hope he comes in and does good, but I feel so sorry for him because of the situation that he's coming into. Um, because obviously, if he comes out and he sucks for two games, oh, he's never going to hear the end of it. Yep. Never going to hear the end of it. And I hate that for him. Mm-hmm. And I hope he's got a good head on his shoulders. And I hope that he can handle pressure because he's already under it. 
Yeah. And everybody's everybody's gonna be looking at him. I like, I mean, it's make or break. Yeah. This it, is this is a massive decision and it has to pay off for Tennessee. Yeah, it's super unfair to Burks. I think he's a great yeah. player. He's part of the reason Arkansas had that yeah. turnaround so quickly. Yep. But man, uh that's a lot of pressure on you straight out. Yeah. Your team. Like, it's a lot of pressure too, just with I'm sure Burks will feel pressure from the whole Ryan Tannehill situation because obviously um, that you got people on both sides of it. You got people who think Tannehill, you know, still can be the guy, and you got other people who are just like they should have moved on already. Yeah. Um, so with Tannehill coming out being QB one this year, that's it's 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 gonna be a lot. Yeah. I just pray that Derrick Henry stays healthy and he can just keep running the football. So <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, Saints draft Trevor Penning, a tackle from Northern Iowa. Good to see little FCS guy getting this first round draft pick. Love that. Yes. Uh, the Steelers. Steelers taking old uh, hometown boy, Kenny Pickett. Uh, so, very very excited for that. I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I love oh, Kenny yeah. Pickett. Yeah. Um, I hope he does really good. Chiefs getting a cornerback from Washington, Trent McDuffie. So, Bills to get. I was disappointed. Chiefs, Chiefs still away something for me once again for the second <laughs> year in a row. Big fan Sad. of that. <laughs> yeah. Packers draft a Georgia linebacker, but it's not Nakobe Dean. Uh, it is Quay Walker. Uh, Packers, Bills. Sorry, go ahead. Packers don't draft a wide receiver again. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and you had one just leave. Yeah. Oh. I know a ton of them got traded. Uh, excuse me. A ton of them got picked up already because everybody started getting wide receiver happy. Yeah. Once that first one went off the board, once Drake London went off the board, and then you literally had three of them go back to back to back, uh, everybody was like, ah, panic mode. We got to get them now. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then we moved to 23 where the Bills pick up Florida cornerback, Kyer Elam. Richard, thoughts? I like it. Um, I really thought, you know, I think Stingley, Hamilton, and McDuffie were your best safeties and corners out there. Yeah. Uh, but the Bills needed that. They couldn't lock down Levi Wallace. And, of course, you saw – how the season ended last year, you need some of that help. If Trey White goes down or somebody else goes down, uh, like a Jordan Poyer or somebody goes down like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think Kyer Elam was the best guy available. And so, like you said, I think we talked about this, you want to get the best available um, mm-hmm. or the best available at that position that you need. That's really the only position the Bills needed. Yeah. Um, maybe running back was also another one we talked about. But, again, you don't need to draft a run back the first round. I don't think you can find – whoever you want later. Uh, yes, I agree. Especially that position. But, uh, yeah, no, I like Kyer Elam. Um, was some of the bright spots on a Florida team that wasn't great at times. Um, yeah. Was a good lockdown guy. He did very well against Alabama, I feel like, in one of those meetings they had against them. Um, you know, he's solid. I think he's great. You know, again, he's going to have a guy like Trey White to talk with him and look up to. Plus, the last time the Bills drafted a – the DB in the first round was Trey White. So maybe did a good track record, SEC guy too. So yep. not, maybe it'll work out. Hopefully it does. And, you know, hopefully that can just bolster up this defense, which again has just added on pieces this offseason. So yeah, for sure. I like the pick. Um, I had heard a lot of good things about him. So uh, just making that Buffalo defense hopefully even more nasty. Yeah. Um, moving on, Cowboys at 24, taking Tyler Smith to tackle out of Tulsa. This one was kind of not controversial, but like a, I feel like a, a lot of teams didn't want to touch this guy, mm-hmm. uh, and it turns out Dallas is the team that wanted to touch him. So we'll see how that goes. I think um, also the Giants one got Evan Neal. That's who. 
Mm-hmm. The Cowboys won it, and of course, yeah, all there. So, yeah, uh, Baltimore Ravens get new center and Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. Um, I heard a lot of things about this guy too, about him being too small, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and the Jets picked up. I think the Jets had a unre- a great first round. Yes, um, really they good. drafted three skill positions. I mean, if you want to call defensive end a skill position, but um, the Jets traded with Tennessee. Um, Tennessee trades back, acquires more picks. Jets take Jermaine Johnson in the second, a defensive end from Florida who was high on a lot of draft boards um, as far as what I saw. Uh, Jacksonville picks up Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah with 27th pick. The Packers pick up another defensive product, the defensive tackle, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. So two Bulldogs in the first round for the Packers. Uh, the Patriots uh, reach down to the FCS ranks and take a Chattanooga product and Cole Strange, a guard. Um, so I hope Bill Belichick's just going to yeah. find whoever he wants to and turn him into a stud. He did yeah. that with Al Duggar with the yep. Ryan a few years ago, yeah. drafted in the first round. Now this guy from Chattanooga, who's from Knoxville, which is kind of yeah. cool to see, but just yeah, it's the island misfit toys. Bill Belichick finds a way to make it work almost every single year, and it's yeah. insane. It's insane. <laughs> yep. uh, Kansas City at thirty drafts George Karloftis and Edge from Purdue. Uh, Cincinnati gets safety help with uh, Daxton Hill from Michigan and Minnesota. The Vikings pick Lewis Seen, another safety from Georgia. So that rounds out um, your first round. And then I would like to just go through um, who Tennessee picked up overall. Gotcha. Um, so Tennessee got Traylon Burks in the first round. Obviously, we know that. Um making that wide receiver room look like obviously Bobby Trees, the new addition coming off of ACL, uh, Traylon Burks, and then I guess Nick Westbrook-Kina. Um, so it, comparing that to A.J. Brown, I mean, obviously uh, you, you're definitely not better than what the wide receiver room was at the moment, uh, but I guess there's promise. But Yeah. Uh, and then Tennessee picks early in the second round at pick 35, and they picked Roger McCreary, a cornerback out of Auburn. Uh, kind of a head scratcher for me, but yeah. it, best available. I'm guessing best available here. It's a guy that they liked. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, I, I, I don't guess you can, ne- you can never have enough corner depth and se- secondary depth. So um, I'm fine with it. They do pick in the third round, late in the third round. A another offensive tackle from Ohio State, uh, Nicholas Petit Frere, um, going uh, will now be a Tennessee Titan, and also in round three, uh, the Tennessee Titans pick possibly their quarterback of the future. They take Malik Willis, quarterback from Liberty, um, and to see him fall this far was crazy. I cannot believe that Tennessee ended up with him. But uh, this was the start of a chain reaction of events that I am just so over, (laughs) and I'm tired of hearing about it. Ryan Tannehill finally talked to the media, which we haven't heard from Ryan Tannehill since before the playoff loss. And, you know, Tannehill came out, did all these interviews when they started, when he came back to OTAs or whatever they're having, uh, whatever it's called. Um, and he basically laid, he, he laid it all on the table saying, you know, after that playoff loss, like he went to a dark place, obviously, you know, the, the fans were on him, the media's on him, 
after that loss, you know, everything points to him like it's on him with the three interceptions, which I mean is fair. Um, but you know, Tannehill battled battled his demons. Seems like he might have got himself back in the right headspace, and he did what was necessary to get through it. Um, and you know, he laid laid it all on the table. Props to him for doing that. I still ride with Ryan Tannehill, but now they draft Malik Willis, and he gets asked a question basically like, uh, "Is he going to mentor Malik Willis?" and this answer got blown every which way mm-hmm. and got misconstrued seven times over. Ryan Tannehill said that he doesn't think it's his job to mentor Malik Willis. And every media outlet thought that he stopped right there. Yeah. And in reality, he said that, you know, he doesn't think it's his job to mentor Malik Willis, but he essentially said, we're under the same roof. We're learning the same stuff. Uh, we're going to be spending a lot of time together. And if he learns something from me, that's great. And at the, at the end of the day, had, had he come out and just, just said, I'm not going to mentor him. Is it his job to mentor him? Richard, do you think? I don't think so. I think Ryan Tannehill's job is to win games um, as a starting quarterback right now. Now, I get Titans for the future, Malik Willis, and you probably want him talking to I want him to learn stuff from right. him. I get that. But I can see why Tannehill is the starting guy. And I think, you know, I think Tennessee's in him for the, at least a couple of years. Yeah. Um, they, gave him that, they gave him that money uh, a while back, so – I think he's the guy. But also, I think this is a good spot for Willis because I I wasn't sold on Willis because Willis has a lot of the raw talent that Josh Allen had. Yeah. And, you know, it took Josh Allen a while to develop. Now, Josh Allen was a different situation because we had Nathan Peterman. Yeah. That couldn't work out. So, you had to throw him out there and just say, hey, sink or swim, go, Josh, go. And he figured it out super quick. Right. And now everybody, I think, wants Malik Willis to be like, oh, he's going to figure it out super quick. He's going to throw him out in the water. He's going to figure it out. I don't think that's – you can't do that with him, I don't think. Yeah. You can't do that with every quarterback. So Right. It is a good situation, I believe, for Malik Willis because he will have – he's not going to get thrown into the starting job. Now, obviously, if Ryan Tannehill stinks it up and throws 15 interceptions. Oh, yeah. Then, then, you ha- then you have then, to. Yeah, then throw it's him like, it's, like Justin Field, it's like Justin Fields' situation in Chicago. Yeah. And he called and wasn't getting it done. You had the right. – yeah, but it'll it'll be best for Malik Willis to get a year under his belt and to to learn from the coaches and Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, yeah. Um, learn different uh, things and then he'll be ready to go. Yeah, but like I don't think it's directly Tannehill's job to no. teach him. Like, and I don't like think college where you know in college you know you rotate in and out, you have all that yeah. stuff. And but even you see it now. I mean, at Clemson they're gonna have a quarterback out with a yeah the. K. Klubnik and DJ Uyunglele. Right. It's not DJ's job to teach K. Klubnik the playbook because DJ right. wants to go out there and start and play. Yeah. So, and if you use that comparison, which is a similar comparison. I mean, yeah. I just think that, I mean, my first reaction to that question or to that statement is that's why there are coaches. Like, I mean, coaches are ultimately there to teach the, teach these guys and they should be the ultimate mentors. But what I think gets lost in this whole thing is that while, yeah, Ryan said that he didn't think it's his job to mentor him, that he, he did not come out and say, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. He never came out and straight up said, yeah. I'm not going to teach him. 
anything. He just said it. He just said it's not my job. And I, I don't. Ryan Tannehill does not strike me as the kind of guy that's that that's going to come out and just be like, no, I'm not going to mentor you. Right. We're going to be in the same quarterback room and we're going to be doing all this crap together. But I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I think it, it just got so misconstrued. I'm so tired of it. Yeah. Um, and everybody, it's like, God, it never fails. This is the kind of crap I talk about. Like, this is why it makes me so upset sometimes and so freaking frustrated to be a Titans fan because I, I clamor for media recognition. <laughs> and and, and to, to Tennessee, to, I think it's been warranted. I mean, Tennessee made the oh, AFC yeah. championship game. Number one seed. And then had a fantastic year after that. And then last year won the number one seed, albeit, you know, that being controversial as well. Well, whatever. Yeah. And a clamor for all this media attention. And then we get the media attention for all the wrong freaking reasons. Obviously, we lose to the Bengals and can't live that down. And now the subject of the past two weeks has been this. They talked about it on every single ESPN show. They talked about it on every single Fox Sports one. Everybody who has an opinion, which shocking is everybody. Uh, has weighed in theirs on this Ryan Tannehill situation. And you've got some people who, you know, react to it like we have just now. And you've got some people out there who, like uh, Chuck Gardner Johnson, the defensive back from the Saints, that has come out and publicly said, I hope that Willis takes his job because Ryan Tannehill is like a bum. And I'm just like, are you stupid? I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I- anyway, Malik Willis is a Tennessee Titan. And I'm excited about that for the value that they're going to get him at. I think it's going to be great. And you know what? If Tannehill sucks it up this year and Malik Willis gets a year under his belt, kick Tannehill to the curb and let's run the Malik Willis show if he's ready. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it'll be good for him to get some training. Because, again, he's like the Josh Allen situation. Didn't play a lot of great teams. Of course, Liberty was even worse because they weren't even in the conference and had to yep. play whoever would schedule them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, good for Malik Willis. I think he's got a lot of raw talent. I think he's got a lot of that raw Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson type talent. I know he's going to get compared to both of them his entire career because he plays like them. But, yeah. you know, I think it would be unfair for, like, I get the Texans with a draft. You know, a team that's like, we need a quarterback right now. Or, you know, like, the Giants, yeah. like, we need a quarterback right now. We have no future plan. Yeah, Malik, go out there. I think, I think this is good. He should – I think it's good. I think it's smart for teams to have waited on him. And you know, yeah. I think this is a this is a solid situation for him to be in. So yeah, I agree. Um, quickly through the rest of them. Round four, Titans pick up Hassan Haskins, the running back out of Michigan. I love that pick. I know. Me too. Um I he's not as big as Derrick Henry, but I feel like he he runs and has the same mentality. Um they pick up um Chigozum Aconquo. Wow, that's gonna be hard to say. Um, <laughs> they pick up Aconquo from Maryland, a very athletic tight end, which I think has a lot of John U. Smith um written all over him, which I think would be great. They pick up Kyle Phillips from UCLA, the wide receiver. I think that's gonna be great. I'm very excited about that as well. So that wide receiver room with Traylon Burks, uh Bobby Trees, Kyle Phillips, Nick Westbrook Aquina. I, I like that. There's a lot um, of speed in that room, too. I think it sounds like so that's yeah, be a quick team. Yeah, uh, and then Theo Jackson, a cornerback from Tennessee, picking a home state boy, and Tennessee they just couldn't stand it. They had to draft a linebacker, and they did. <laughs> At least they waited to the last pick. Of their yeah, game, yeah, not in the first round. Yes, that's fair. Titans. All right, but anyway, so yeah, that's that's the Titans, Titans yeah. draft. Um, and we'll run through the Bills as well, really quick. Uh, Bills obviously got Kyer Elam, and Richard, take it away, sir. 
Yeah, so they traded a bunch to the Bills. They traded up for a lot of these guys, traded down for a lot of these guys. Um, they traded down the second round to get James Cook running back out of Georgia. That's what I said. They need to get a running back. Um, they wanted Brees Hall out of state. I believe he was off the board by that point. So they traded up for Cincinnati to get uh, to him. And James Cook, James Cook, that's a solid pick, I think, uh, for them. Uh, round three, they get Terrell Bernard from Baylor, a linebacker. Um, looks like he's a solid player as well, kind of big, big, long body. So, again, building up that defense again. Hopefully he's a guy to come in and sub in some packages for you. Uh, round five, they get pick up Khalil Shakir from Boise State. This kid I'm excited about. He is quick. Um, he's a quick wide receiver. Um, was part of those pretty good Boise State teams that made some runs for the Mountain West these past few years. And then round six, the pick of the draft, the steal of the draft, the punt god, Matt Ariza, is coming to Buffalo. Oh, yeah. The greatest punter in the history of NCAA football, statistically, from San Diego State. I am very excited about this. I don't know why we picked up a punter because I thought punting was fine last year, but you know. Is your, who's your punter? Is it, it's not Bohorquez. Uh, Bohorquez got traded. I think it was Hawkins, Cole Hawkins, I think, something like that. He was fine. Yeah. Um, but no, this is a good pick too because punting since Bohorquez got can't, you can't pass up a generational talent. Oh, exactly. You know, I mean, this guy's gonna this guy can punt, this guy can hold, this guy can do your taxes, he can do it all. I mean, come on. The punt guy is in Buffalo. Legit mm-hmm. excited about that. He's got a boot on him. Um it'll be interesting to see though, because San Diego to Buffalo, that's a big climate change difference too. It is a big uh, climate change. But... It'll be interesting about December if I'm singing his praises again, if he punts one 15 yards straight <laughs> into the air. So yeah, um, right. we'll see how that, uh, they pick up Christian Benford, a corner from Villanova. Um, I've heard a lot about this kid actually. He seems to be kind of quick, um, you know, come from a smaller school. So interesting to see how it works mm-hmm. out again, building that defense again. Uh, Luke Tanuda from, Virginia Tech offensive tackle. That was – I feel like that was another issue the Bills could have looked at again with the more offensive line guys because um, Josh Allen yeah. played some games where the offensive line just struggled. Again, offensive line was banged up last year, but at least this adds depth, if yeah. nothing else, to this team. And then round seven, last pick. You'd love to see it. A Atlanta Clemson player goes to the Buffalo Bills. Balen Specter, uh, the brother of Braylon Specter, and you got to remember second inspector, maybe. Second yeah. inspector uh, on the offense, but – Bale Inspector, he's solid. He could be a good special teams guy, I feel like, for the Bills. He's just so fast. He's not big, so that's going to be kind of tough for him probably to find a, job, a spot on a roster because he's so small. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like Bale Inspector. He can fly around. Overall, the 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 one you wanted was Kyrie. I mean, guy you wanted while it was a Kyrie Elam, but that was the position you needed to fill. Right. And of course, you have Ben Third as a backup if you need to. And, again, you could probably find somebody in free agency if you need to. So, yeah. uh, the Bills had a solid, solid draft. Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple of things I just want to mention real quick is uh, South Carolina tight end Nick Muse did get drafted in the sixth round um, uh, – or, no, excuse me, in the seventh round by the Vikings. Uh, your Mr. Relevant um, is Brock Purdy. Who's, I was very happy. final college moments were – the greatest exception. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. His final college moments, uh, no pun intended, were not Purdy. Oh. <laughs> um, uh. mm, uh, yeah, anyway. But 
I want. Do they still give him like a trip to, yes, a trip to Hawaii or something like that? I think he gets a trip to Hawaii. So, yeah, good um, for him. Uh, the Chargers drafted a fullback from Purdue. We love that. <laughs> Xander Horvath with the 260th pick in the draft. Big fans. Yeah, so, solid draft. Round one was crazy, and we, we, which we knew it was going to get crazy, and it kind of round one amped up when you know. Uh, kind of around the time when the first wide receiver was drafted. Yeah. When they took Drake London off the board, everything just went to hell uh, yeah. because everybody got wide receiver crazy with 10, 11, 12. Uh, Jordan Davis went higher than expected, I believe. And then obviously the A.J. Brown oh, thing rocked my and, world and everybody else. And we, the one trade we didn't talk about, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Oh, yeah. Ravens. Yeah. Talk about that a lot. And Lamar yeah. Jackson's not happy about that. So, no, Lamar Jackson's not happy about that, but he goes to Arizona and now he's with his college quarterback, Colin mm-hmm. Murray. That could be very interesting. Exactly. So, now Arizona, you got that. I mean, New Hopkins gets suspended, by the way. We haven't talked about oh, that. Oh, yeah. My God. That's six crazy. games, which I'm very intrigued to see about that because I feel like, you know, the, the timeline I feel like makes sense, though, because he was out when he got tested for that. Yeah. So maybe something happened when he got surgery or something, yeah. something got in his body. Um, hopefully, you know, I don't think New Covens has got a need steroids or anything like that. I mean, my God, look yeah. at it. It's always, a, it's always a gray area. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just general craziness in the NFL. This has been probably the craziest NFL offseason in a while. I mean, it's, it's started off – of all the trades that started off, and Tom Brady being like, you know what? I'm coming back. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Oh, how about Tom Brady's Fox mm-hmm. deal? Yeah. Tom Brady's got that deal with Fox to be one of the lead analysts uh, for – it's a 10-year, 10-year deal, deal. Yeah, for 300 and something, some odd million dollars. He's going to make more – he's going to make more money in 10 years announcing than he would in his entire as of right now his entire playing career. And I think – I think that's going to be awesome. I oh, think he's. he's going to be I, th- I think he's going to be fantastic. He is like I hate the guy on the field, but his tw- his Twitter is one of the best because he speaks his mind and also yeah. he's really funny. But he also he knows a lot. Like and he, he could to- have he could have a career story arc just like Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hated Romo and I loved to make fun of him, but as soon as he got in the booth, I freaking loved, loved Tony Romo. Loved him. So, yeah, looking at, like, the future of broadcasting, you have, of course, right now you have Nansen Romo and CBS, which, yep. is all, which is my favorite pairing right now. Um, I mean, nice. We talked about that. Amazon, Kirk Herbstreet, now Michaels. Yeah, that's, that's going to be awesome. Good that's going to be so night. good. That's going to be really good. Cannot wait for that. I still love CBS, I and Eagle all day. Oh, I and put Eagle. Him, put him with whoever I don't care. Whenever, whenever Nance hangs it up, which is going to be a while, of course. Yeah. Just keep ah. – at some point, just move Nance to golf permanently. Yeah. Bring in Ian Eagle with Tony Romo together. Yeah. I think that would be amazing. Um, but Ian Eagle, what we put with is great. Ian Eagle also calling these playoff basketball games. Oh, so good. Amazing. So good. Call the tournament games, too, for NCAA. Amazing. Just just give me all the Ian Eagle. Like, he is legit probably my favorite announcer right now. Yeah. I, do like, I do like Kevin Burkhart, the lead guy on Fox, who's going to yeah. be with Brady. I That's think that'll be a really good pairing. Obviously, Gus Johnson's been doing a whole lot more stuff with the NFL, too, yeah. uh, which is always good to see. I think Gus Johnson can bring energy to any situation yeah. in sport. So. Yeah. Um, then, of course, you have Buck and Aikman. I, now, here's my yeah. question. I'm wondering this. With Buck and Aikman now on Monday Night Football, do the Cowboys get America's Game of the Week every week now? 
Because you don't have the Aikman connection now. Right. Because I feel like that's the only reason they got it. (laughs) But I feel like just because – just because the Cowboys are the Cowboys and they have fans oh, literally everywhere. I mean, it's just they're, the, they're going to get it. It's yeah. them, Cowboys fans, Steelers fans, and a little bit of 49ers fans. Like, you can find them. We live in South Carolina. You can find them everywhere in South mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you pick those three teams. Heck, I mean, like Eagles fans at some point. Go, go downtown wherever. Downtown Greenville, downtown Spartanburg, downtown Greenwood. And you will find somebody's got a car with a Dallas Cowboys star or a Pittsburgh Steelers logo on it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's all going to be it's going to be Steelers Cowboys. Even I mean, heck, even the Steelers are horrible. You will see it. Oh. Um, yeah. So yeah, that my, um that Monday Night Football pair I think is going to be kind of interesting to see how they go. Um, how it's going to be different. Joe Buck is calling a PGA Tour. I don't know if you saw a PGA Championship. He's going to do like a Manning cast or that. Oh, so. interesting. Yeah, so I'm interested to see how that looks. Uh, I don't know who's going to bring in to talk with him. I don't know if he's going to bring like, the Mannings actually in or what. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see uh, what he does. Um, I don't know if you saw this too. Uh, I think it was yeah, Anish Shroff's the radio voice for the Carolina Panthers now. I don't know if you saw. Oh, that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. Yeah, he's really good. Adam Amin too is a guy at Fox that's really good. Yep. He's a lot for the. Um, he move. He does baseball stuff too for Fox. So. Yep. Really good, so yeah. Um, yeah, draft it's crazy, can't believe we forgot about it. It's been so busy the past yeah. two weeks. You want to know why it's been busy the past two weeks? Your boy done graduated, son. Yes, sir. Let's go. Got a second degree. Uh, there's nothing in here, by the way, that's kind of whack, but you know what? Yeah, it says congratulations. And now, and no, what's funny is my professor didn't even put my final grade in, and I had a good grade class, especially 92 in there. But I was like, man, what if someone was needing this class to pass? And they're like, all right, I'm going to just walk up here and we're going to see what happens Monday. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, glad to be done with that. Uh, just a lot of hard work there um, for school. Um, a lot of great friends and memories made of Carson Newman, for sure. Um, you know, and now we'll see what is next. So please hire me if you're listening. <laughs> um, yes, sir. Please hire your boy for a full-time job, for sure. Uh, I think me walking across the stage might be my play of the week if, uh, <laughs> if we want to use yeah. that. Um, that. You got anything that kind of stood out for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got one as far as like a play of the week. Uh, Lander Greenwood, uh, well, yeah, Lander hosted the PBC softball tournament this past weekend. Um, Lander ultimately did not win. They lost in the semis to Columbus State. But uh, in the quarters on the first night, Saturday night, Lander played Aiken. And Lander's Haven Pass first baseman uh, senior hit a walk-off, no doubt, home run. And uh, she, off the bat, she absolutely knew it was gone. Um, and you can see, I'm going I'm to put in the video that was from the an angle from the stands where you can see her hit it and she just throws her hands up and she just knew it was gone. Um, but a, a really good moment. Ultimately, sad the next day when they lost and their season's over. But um, a good moment for her being a, one of the seniors for Lander. Um, and capping off a, a really nice career at Lander with one of Lander's best softball seasons um, in a while. So, uh, also, Lander women's basketball hiring new basketball coach. Uh, the departure of Kevin Pedersen going to Coastal Carolina now brings in uh, Stephanie. I, I, I haven't heard anybody say her name, but Stephanie Gelhausen is what I'm assuming it is. Yeah, that's what it's like. She was uh, head assistant at Ashland University, which is a school that has won – 
a couple national titles in the past like 10, eight or eight or 10 years. And, uh, um, she was like top assistant of the year in the country for 2021 or something like that. So, or something like that. Younger, younger girl or younger lady. So I think she's going to be great. I hope she does great at Lander and I'm excited for her future. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a heck of a hire. We talked about that off topic, off to the air. That was going to be a national church. We fought and it really was. So good for Lander there. Um, so week I'm going up to I – mean, I think I'm going up. I'm not sure. Got to find confirmation. I'm going up to see Carson in softball on Thursday in the NCAA Regional. They play North Georgia in the first-round game. So, that'll be a, should be a good battle. Carson Newman's kind of an up-and-down season, but possibly mm-hmm. maybe NCAA tournament. So, good for the Eagles there. So, and then, of course, we're going to Atlanta, my dude. So, it's going to be yes, sir. fun time for sure. So, uh, thank you all for – listening watching whatever and again please hire me people please please hire me it's, it's cold <laughs> world out here i like to make money <laughs> yeah, appreciate sure. y'all and uh hope y'all see y'all sometime soon